This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, we're in the middle of a message series. It's called The Power of Grace. And we've been talking about God's grace for our lives, the specific grace that he has for each of us. Before I jump into the message, though, I want to tell you real quick about our series that's kicking off next weekend. It's called The Lost Art of Friendship. And if you're like me, uh, friendship sometimes can be hard. I sometimes feel like I want friends, but I'm so busy for friendship. Anybody else ever feel like that? You've got too much going on, and sometimes technology in our world keeps us separated, we're connected, but isolated, and studies show us right now that in our culture there is more loneliness now than there has ever been in history, and there's this longing inside of us for community, but so often we're busy, we don't know how to build friendship, but Jesus was the perfect model, the way that Jesus lived and taught. He gives us the example of how to build friendship. So I wanna encourage you to be back for that. Also, we're kicking off a bunch of new small groups at that time. Our team has put together a journal that we'll, we'll go through as a church, and that will kick off next weekend. We wanna encourage you to be back. Now, today I wanna to take you back into the story that we've been looking at for these last few weeks. We've been looking at the story that Jesus communicates. It's a parable often known as the parable of the prodigal son. But it's more than just about a son who runs away from the father. It's about a father who has two sons. And both of his sons are equally lost. This father in this story has a heart for his kids to return and experience his love. But the story sets in the backdrop of Jesus sitting down with a group of sinners and tax collectors who were broken and hurting. And when Jesus shows up, he spends time with these people and he's judged by the religious leaders of his day And in that context, Jesus gives us three specific stories 
that are a snapshot of God's heart for us as humans. And I want you to look very briefly with me at these three stories. The first one that Jesus gives is a shepherd with a hundred sheep. And Jesus describes the shepherd saying that the shepherd had one lost sheep who ran away. And that sheep, after running away, the shepherd goes in search of it and finds it. And when he finds it, he brings it back home. And notice what Jesus says in Luke 15. It says, when he, the shepherd, has found the sheep, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And what Jesus is communicating is there's, there's this joy in heaven when one person comes back to the heart of God. If it were a modern parable, it would be like losing a dog. Not a cat, a dog. Because you know when your cat runs away, you don't go looking for it. But a dog you go looking for. I'm just saying, I know we have cat people at Saddleback. We love you, God bless you, but I'm not getting a cat. So, um, but I would go look for my dog. In fact, I want you to see a picture of my dog here, Mercy. She's gotten the same response. She is the best dog on the planet. She is better than your dog, I'm sure. <laughs> like if she came to Saddleback and sat through a service, she would not bark during the service. She would just lay there underneath a chair. So Mercy, sometimes she, she goes out the front door. Now she's not a darter. Anybody have a darter? Like they, your door's open, boom, they're gone. Amazon package, you open the door for it, the dog's gone. Mercy is a wanderer. And sometimes she will just find herself wandering through the house, wandering out the front door. My two teenage boys and my daughter, they often leave the front door open. I should say the boys leave the door open because my daughter doesn't. But um, just being honest in case she's listening. So the door sometimes will get left open. And when Mercy goes out, you go looking for Mercy. So on one particular occasion, Mercy is nowhere to be found. We search under the beds. We're looking for her. And the whole family, because we all love mercy, we run out into the street and we're screaming, mercy, mercy, <laughs> looking for mercy. Now, if you want mercy to come running, all you need is popcorn and peanut butter and she'll come to you. So we, we go out and we're running through the neighborhood and we get a few doors down and there mercy is seated at our neighbor's house. And she's on the front door like a human, just waiting there. Like she's, and she has this little scratch thing that she'll do on the door, like one little scratch. And so she's there waiting because on the other side of the door is honey. Not like actual honey, but honey the dog. And she's wanting honey to come out and play with her. Aw, so cute. Now we got Mercy and we scooped her up into our arms and we went back home yelling, we found Mercy, we found Mercy. And that's the image that Jesus is giving. Like when a dog is found or a sheep is found, there's great joy. And in heaven, when one person returns to God, there's great celebration. He then goes into another illustration or parable, and he says a woman who had 10 coins, she loses one of the coins, and she's looking for it. And again, if it were modern day, it might be like losing a phone. And if I've already picked on cat people, maybe I can pick on Android people. It wouldn't be an Android phone. 
it would be an iPhone, because you wouldn't look for it. Thank you to all of you Android folks who ruin my iMessages with that green bubble. Um, so you don't, you don't look for it. But an iPhone, you would look for it. And when that was found, that coin, it says, um, when it was found, she said, I found my lost coin. She called her friends and neighbors. And again, Jesus says, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Now, Jesus is helping us understand what God is like and what heaven is like. That God is a God of joy. God is a God of fun, life. He is the kind of God that brings fulfillment into our lives when we come to him. And in heaven, there's joy, there's celebration. Sometimes in our minds, we think of heaven as a boring place where angels sit around on harps and just kind of hum away all day long and it's boring. But that's not the picture that Jesus is communicating. Heaven is a place of joy with life. And then Jesus launches into this third parable and he says this. When the son, the younger son comes home, the father runs to him and celebrates. He actually opens his arms and says, quick, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine, the son of mine was dead and he has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Now Jesus is making an important point. The point is when people return to God, heaven rejoices. When people come back to the heart of God, there is joy in heaven. Another way of saying it, if you've been around Saddleback for a while, is God throws purpose-driven parties. And he loves to have a party. I thought more than two people would laugh at that joke, which means that maybe this service is not people who've been around Saddleback for a while. But um, our founding pastor wrote a book called The Purpose-Driven Life. So there's the, the connection on the joke. You get it. Thank you. If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. But I thought it was funny. So God loves to throw a party. And the problem is so often people miss the party that God is throwing. So often we fail to step into the river of delight that is in God. Psalm 36 verse 7 describes God's river of life like this. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds its shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. And I want you to imagine today, God is this God of great joy, great delight. There's abundance in his house. There's a river that is flowing. In Revelation it says that there is a river that is coming from the throne of God, bringing life everywhere it goes, everything that it touches. And God is inviting you into this river today. He's inviting you into this grand party of life. Yet the problem is not all of us are living in that river. Not all of us are experiencing that party. And so often we're weighted down by the worries and concerns of this world and separate from relationship with God. So my message today is all about the party that you don't want to miss. How do you step into the party that God is inviting you into. Now some parties you miss, right? Like last night we had an awesome party at our house, but you probably wouldn't have come to it if you're not a teenager because it would have been weird 
for like a 50-year-old man to show up to a party celebrating a 17-year-old boy. My son, call him a boy, almost man. Um, he had a 17-year-old party. There were like 30 high school kids in our house. You might have missed it because you weren't invited. You might not have liked the noise, but you weren't there. And it was a great party. Some parties you go to, some parties you don't go to. Some parties you miss because you feel like the party is not worth your time. Maybe it's too boring. Maybe you didn't get invited. But we all don't go to all the parties. There are some parties we miss. And God's party, there are reasons that people miss God's party. And I want to give you three reasons why we often miss the party that God is throwing. The first reason is because of shame. In fact, if we're gonna step into God's party, we have to push past the shame, to push past the shame that exists in our minds over our past, our brokenness. Now, shame is very different than guilt. Guilt oftentimes will be that conviction around the things that are not right in our lives, around the behavior. But what shame does is shame in our minds makes us feel so unworthy of love. And in the story that Jesus tells us about, the parable of the father with two sons, the younger son who takes the father's wealth and squanders it, runs into a distant country, and he spends the wealth, and he's there feeling so unworthy of the father's love. But there's a moment where he comes to his senses. And Jesus says when he comes to his senses, the younger son says to himself, I will actually go home to my father. In fact, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. So I'll go home to my father, and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And this younger son has to walk home in his shame, walk home in memory of all the things that he's done, but he pushes past the shame. And I would say to you today, there are some reasons why oftentimes we feel like we, we shouldn't approach God. We, we feel like we've got habits from our past. Perhaps there's regret that you carry, choices that you wish that you could undo. But God is a God of mercy and love, wanting you as a son or daughter to come home to his heart, wanting you to take the step towards him today. And as the father met the younger son with open arms, for anyone who would return to God, anyone who would take steps back to him and turn to him, you'll be met with his mercy and met with his grace. But sometimes you have to push past that shame. I could tell you of hundreds of people that they come back to God, they come back to church and they say, well, for decades now I've been thinking if I could just get my life right with God, I've been trying, and that lie that we often believe that if we just could get our lives right, then we could come back to God. But what God wants is for you to come just as you are, in the brokenness, in the pain, in the loss, in all of the emptiness, there's an invitation from God to return to him. My encouragement to you today is to push past that shame. Now, maybe shame's not the reason that you stay away from the party. Sometimes people stay away from the party from entitlement. Like they feel like they deserve the party. And in order to step into the river of God's delight, what we have to do is embrace the fact that effort doesn't qualify us for the party. See, the older son, he spent his entire life at home. He's been working, he's been, he's been serving his father. He kept all the rules. 
He did everything that he, he thought he should do. And when the younger son comes home and the fattened calf is killed and there's this huge party that the father throws for the younger son, the older son is jealous. Like, I've been responsible. I've been faithful. I've been doing all the right things for all of these years. In fact, the older brother, it says, Jesus describes him by saying he was angry and wouldn't go into the party that the father was throwing. Yet his father, he came out and begged him. But the older son replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. And the father, it says, he walks out to him, look, dear son, You've always been with me. You've always stayed with me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate today, this happy day, for your brother, he was dead and he's come back to life. He's lost, but now he's found. And what Jesus is helping us see is that it's possible to be in the house of God. It's possible to be a part even of the family of God, but to live in a famine. It's possible to keep all the rules but still be separate from relationship and not enter into the river of God's delight. It's possible to be in proximity to God, but not experience the presence of God in your life. And if you believe somehow by earning and striving and doing all the religious rules that you can earn your way back to God, you'll miss the party. And there's this moment in all of our lives that we have to embrace the reality that the river of God's delight, the joy and the peace is not something that we can earn. It's something that we receive. And sometimes in our journey spiritually, even our birth order and our background plays into how we see God. Now, we've got some oldest children here at Saddleback. Any of you, the oldest child in your family, just raise your hands up high. I see you. You're responsible. You, you do well carrying out all the tasks that your parents wanted you to do. I was an oldest child, so I understand. Any youngest children here? You guys even made more noise when you raised your hands because you spent your whole life having fun. How many of you in between, like middle child? I see you. I want to make sure you are seen, middle child. How many of you are the only child, just out of curiosity? Raise them up high. And uh, one time, one of my friends, I did this, and he said, you always need to make sure to highlight the only child, because we think the world revolves around us. And so, <laughs> it does, it revolves around you. But all of us often approach our understanding of God based upon our birth order, our background. Sometimes we, we think that we can earn our way to God, but I want to encourage you today, the goodness, the grace of God, the river of his delight is available not based upon human effort. And when the father goes out to the son, Jesus tells this story in the context of religious leaders. There's a tension there. In that moment when Jesus is with the quote unquote sinners and tax collectors, the, the younger brother in the story, the older brother, the religious leader, they're the ones that missed Jesus when he came. The tension of the story is we don't know what the older brother did. We don't know if he turned back to the father or if he continued along his way and missed the party. 
but for older sons and younger sons, older daughters and younger daughters, those who live with shame, those who live with entitlement, those who have all their various reasons of why they don't come to the Father. Every one of us needs a Savior. Every one of us needs a Heavenly Father who's perfect. And the invitation is available to us. Both sons are equally lost, and the Father goes to both of them. And the final component that I wanna finish on that is so important for every one of us, there has to be a turn towards the Father. And there's a moment that we turn towards the Father at first in our journey. There's a moment where you open your heart to God to say, God, I believe in you and I trust in you and I wanna yield my heart to you. And then there's also a continuous journey back to the heart of the Father. That sometimes followers of Jesus are not living in the river of God's delight. I find for myself, it's so easy to slip back into a mindset, even after receiving God's grace and mercy in my life, it's so easy to slip back into a mindset that I can work my way into God's presence. If I do certain religious things, if I work hard enough and keep the habits. But Jesus gives us this story to help us understand we are all in need of God's grace and his arms are open wide for us to turn and receive his kindness and his mercy. Isaiah 53 describes our tendency to wander. And it says this, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us, we turn to our own way. And we have a natural tendency in life just to move away like a sheep moves away from the shepherd, that we naturally, based on our brokenness and our sin, are constantly turning our own way. As I was preaching this yesterday, I was reminded of a TikTok video of a shepherd that had a sheep. And I want you to see this video, this little sheep that gets stuck inside of a ditch. It just finds itself there, shepherd so graciously pulling the sheep out. The sheep is free, he's running in the pasture, back into the ditch. And that, my friends, is the ditch of death, not the river of delight. And our natural tendency, anybody else feel that? That's you, at times you feel that way. You're, you're out, you're free, you're back in. And this, this passage from Isaiah 53 so beautifully says, we are all like sheep that go our own way. We have a tendency to find ourselves in a ditch, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the good shepherd, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, he has come to give life and life abundantly. And the way the good shepherd, he comes, he comes as a sacrificial lamb who lays down his life for the sins of the world. So when Jesus would be crucified on a cross, all the iniquity of the world, all the sin of the world was placed on his shoulders so that we can be free from the power of sin and death, so that we can have relationship with the Father. And today, I wanna invite you to receive the gift of life that comes in the Father. Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. That means the consequence of our brokenness is separation from God, but the gift that God wants to give, the free gift that we cannot earn, the free gift that changes us from, from sin and death into sons and daughters of the Most High God, the free gift 
is a gift of salvation that comes through Christ Jesus our Lord, that by his death on a cross and his resurrection from the dead, you and I can be called sons and daughters of the Most High God by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. And I wanna invite you today to receive that gift. If you've never received the gift of salvation that comes from God to you, today can be the day of your salvation that you begin a relationship with God for the very first time. And I wanna encourage you today to open your heart to him to receive that gift. In fact, as we close up our message time, I'd like to invite you just for a moment to close your eyes and bow your head and to search your heart with what we've talked about in this message. Some of you in this moment, the very thing that is keeping you from God is shame. It's a shame from your past, it's something that you've done, there's a choice that you've made, and you feel like because of that choice you could never come back to the heart of God. And I wanna say in this moment that the heart of God is open. His arms are stretched for you wide, ready to receive you back home to his heart. And in this moment, you can push past that shame because Jesus took your sin and your shame and nailed it to a cross. You can be free. You can come home. Would you come home to your father today? Would you open your heart to him to receive the gift of life in this moment? Others of you, you you've been living with the lie that you can earn your way back to the Father. Maybe you grew up in some religious background, you kept all the rules, you crossed all your T's and dotted your I's, and you've been living with a lie that you can earn your way back to the Father. And I'll say to you today, this is a gift from God that he is offering to you. And For all of us, the invitation is to come to the Father. Right now in this moment, as the Spirit of God is stirring in your heart, He is inviting you into friendship to receive the gift of salvation. And you can respond in your heart, with your mouth, by faith in Jesus, and receive this gift. Scripture says to all who believed in Him, He gave the right to become children of the Most High God. And I wanna invite you right now in this moment just to tell Him, in the quietness of your heart, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I want to receive your forgiveness into my life. I put my trust in you. I want to follow you. And if you're praying that prayer, you're putting your trust in Jesus. As you're doing this, the scripture says when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And salvation is coming. Others of you today, you wanna return to the river of delight. You wanna walk in the freedom found with the Father. I wanna encourage you in this moment just to tell him, God, I, I wanna walk in the river of your delight. I wanna live in duty and obligation. I wanna live with freedom. Just come back to your Father today. Father, I'm so grateful for this picture that we've been looking at for these last few weeks that is, is so beautifully displaying your heart for us to come home to you. And I pray, Lord, that each person who's listening to my voice, that our hearts and our minds would 
be reshaped to see and to understand more fully the depth of your love for us. God, thank you. Thank you that you are inviting us into the greatest party that has ever existed, the party of life that comes in knowing you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this weekend message from Saddleback Church. If you like this, please consider leaving a rating or review for this podcast. The Saddleback Church Weekend Message Podcast is a part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Visit saddleback.com slash podcasts or search for Saddleback Church in your favorite podcasting app to see more great podcasts from Saddleback. For more weekend message resources, visit saddleback.com slash message resources.